Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Fantastic. It's What do we got here? We're January now? Is it, we're January? Is that what this time this, yeah, this we're, is? We're over halfway through January. Oh, God. Jeez. What's going on with this world? <laughs> My birthday is next week. Spring will be here soon. I should, I should remember that. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess, I guess you, you should. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, but I guess what? I guess should. I get, I get like nine days or something like that. So another thing. Yeah, just amazing mm. how quickly sometimes the years go by. You don't even think about it. Um, you're, you're turning, you're turning twenty nine. Oh, thirty nine. Dude, I'm thirty four. <laughs> Jeez, I all appreciate right, the. Right. I rounded up. I appreciate the you know low number, but I'm <laughs> I'm a solid thirty four. We're good. No, I'll, I'll be I'll be forty six next week. Right on. Right on. Old man, but now the uh, yeah, this is. I don't know. So it's uh it's uh, yes, January. We got we've had some snow here for our our, our local uh, weather report yep. for stuff. We've had I don't know how it is a little bit up north you got, but we actually got a layer of snow. It all melted away today, but it's been snowing every day for the last three days, and it's been like one of those days that that is rare where it's blue skies and then it snows and it's all white and then it comes up to blue mm. skies again. So it's been fairly pretty and. It's uh as we say before, it's uplifting spirits, puts me in a good mood. Always happy to go mm-hmm. with things and see stuff. We went out tonight and had some uh some pizza out at some an Italian restaurant, which was kind of nice. We don't go out like at all, but there was nobody there and we were like we were gonna order pizza, uh Shelly and the kids and I and we we're gonna get it and then leave. But nobody was in there. So mm. we were like Nobody was yeah, there. We said let's sit there let's sit down and it was pretty fun. So I'm in a good chipper mood today. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. We've um uh my dad and Andrew, my brother, have been down south near your near well mm-hmm. further. I've I've said my parents uh own property in Bedford now, southern Indiana, like solidly southern Indiana. And they were down there this week, uh I think clearing out some dead trees and stuff. Uh they bought a manufactured house their uh, mom and dad did that they're looking for a place to um you know pour concrete and set that up and they're going to live in it while they're um while they're building their uh building their next house um and then i think i think they're going to move my aunt into it when, <laughs> when they move out of it. i don't know i love the way you have a whole plan the way you said that they're just they're going to ship her off and they're moving her into that thing right 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 um no, my aunt, uh, she's got to be close to 70 now. Okay. And so, um, you know, rather than having her by herself, kind of not remote, but like relatively remote, I don't think she drives anymore. And so they want to they wanna keep her close so that, you know, they can be nearby if yeah. she needs anything. <laughs> Still. Whatever, all that. Anyway, she, that was more detail her than to, to, <laughs> to go so into in that anecdote. But um, Dan and Andrew have been gone all week. And so mom and Sarah and I have been watching uh, The Office. As I, I think I said last week, my mom had never seen it. And we started it over the holidays. And, uh, and so we've been doing that. She's very, like, she doesn't like dramatic tension in shows right just like can we can we skip ahead to when jim and pam get together and we're like no absolutely not like you have to go through like you're binging it so you're already uh going through this experience much faster than i did because i watched it while it was airing at least for the first like five seasons um and so for me it was weeks 
right? We just finished season two last night with Casino Night, um, which, spoilers if you haven't seen, well, I can be vague. Uh, a big thing happens in that relationship at the at the Casino Night episode, which is the end of season two. Oh, yeah. And so for me, watching it 10, 12 years ago, we had to wait, right? We had oh, yeah. to wait like eight months before we before we've got resolution on that scene this big cliffhanger uh in that in that relationship story and we're like yeah yeah you go but you know she gets to uh experience all those those jokes and those and it's great it's great being able to like watch somebody have those for the first time right yeah exactly like you know i've said this before for me i've i'm so familiar with a lot of those episodes that I'm looking at it from different angles. I'm like, oh, it's interesting how Oscar reacts to this episode that's, you know, primarily about Michael and Dwight. And, but, you know, for the person seeing it the first time, and I remember being the person seeing it for the first time, and they're like, oh, there's those sandals. We saw both of their sandals early, and now we know who that is, even though the camera doesn't show us right. who. It just shows us our, their shoes. <laughs> anyway, that's that's what I've been doing this week. And, um, we watched a movie last night called Murder Mystery. Okay. Um, that it, sounds very generic. It it kind of was. <laughs> it's Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Oh yeah. Okay. I've seen the, I've seen that pop up on my Netflix thing before. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, it's a pretty basic kind of like weird relationship adventure thing. Right. Like they have issues in their relationship and he's not being really honest with her. She's not being really honest with him. And they go on this trip and a bunch of crazy stuff happens. Um, And, you know, they reconcile through this. I do. I do. I do enjoy those kind of movies that that are like completely oblivious to the fact that we all know an Adam Sandler could never get a Jennifer Aniston. I mean, but but it's just like, hey, they're they're famous people. Clearly, that's their couple. Right. They, they work in, in the <laughs> in the story. They've been married for 15 years. And so I think you're supposed to think like maybe 15 years ago, Adam Sandler could have gotten <laughs> 15 years ago. Jennifer Aniston. But we all know. No, no funny, way, right. <laughs> right. Um, and they're both. I mean, he's playing a police officer, so it's not it's not too out of type for him. She's playing a hairdresser, which is. I you know I don't know I mean it's in keeping with most of her parts but you know she's been she's been doing parts that are more more sophisticated maybe not maybe I just think that or I'm confusing her with another actress she generally plays the kind of maybe not as ditzy as Rachel from Friends but not too far yeah. off that I don't know anyway it was funny was it I didn't expect I didn't expect a whole lot out of it we were just you know something something to watch that we hadn't seen wasn't one of the uh um romantic comedies that mom and mom and dad have seen hundreds of times and you know not watching the office and parks for yeah a couple hours so, that's, so did it did it feel that uh, i always say i always think rom-coms have a, a special spot for me where i don't like them all the time but it, the saccharine stuff that like every once in a while i want to watch one you know just just occasionally did it feel that kind of a Role where you you know you get yeah. a, a dumb funny but lighthearted type thing. Is, yeah. yeah, with a little bit of like it's called murder mystery. Yeah. So there are several murders and they're trying to solve them through the whole through the whole movie. And the uh, the runner is that um, 
Jennifer Aniston's character reads mystery novels. Oh, okay. And Adam Sandler's character is not a detective, but he's telling he's been telling his wife he got promoted to detective from the beginning of the movie. And so th- there's this like real detective and and book reading like murder mystery fan uh uh runner bit right. that's like um like the show Castle. Oh yeah, right. right with Nathan Fillion. Right, right. I mean, he was an author, so it wasn't right. quite but they pretend the to same, be, but yeah, right. Yeah, you get, you know, the funny scene where she's like, "I don't I don't think it's this. It's too obvious." And he's like, "In books, it's never the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. In real life, it's always the obvious thing. <laughs> if a if a husband is dead, 99 times out of 10, it was the wife." Right. Even though it's not exciting to do that the way it is, right? Right, right. Yeah. I I I you know, I that's that's a good thing. Those two actors do feel very much like they fit that that genre you know like they're right in there with that if you're gonna make a uh i don't even know how to call that murder comedy mystery lighthearted thing adam sandler and uh jennifer anderson seem like perfect actors for that right yeah it had a similar vibe to game night if you remember that yeah yeah uh, yeah. uh rachel mcadams and um jason bateman right. and we both liked that one yeah yeah it's you know you go in with low expectations i Ugh, I don't know, how do I, how do I bridge into this one? I have picked up watching The Expanse again this last week. Oh, that's uh, on on Amazon Prime. Yes, uh, I was. I know we talked a little bit about this in the past, just kind of glancingly. Uh, but I I wa- I really tried watching the first season. It's it's felt very mm-hmm. heavy, almost Battlestar Galactica ish type things, you know, with some a decent premise and but. I remember, like, I had a hard time watching it. There are hour-long episodes. A little, and it was so a little slow. more draggy yeah. than than uh, BSG. Like BSG starts out like big. yes, and it's. I mean, I can't imagine starting pulling. it without the miniseries. Right. But that first episode is when whatever the number is, like yeah, they're like 30, 29 or something 30, like that. Yeah, Thirty-three hours. 20, 20, it's it's a number. It's a number of hours where. That many hours from when they arrive, the Cylons show up, and they keep chasing and yeah. chasing, and everybody's working around the clock and getting tired and making mistakes. Right. It's it's very engaging, yeah. like right from the start. And it really pulls and you in. I don't yeah. feel like – I've seen the whole first season of The Expanse, and I think – well, I had seen the first episode of season two, and then after you said you were watching it, I watched the second episode. But, yeah, I remember all of season one being very – not necessarily slow, but there's just a lot of kind of subtle things happening, and I'm, you know, maybe not necessarily keeping track of it all because it's not holding my attention. Yeah, no, I and and that was my kind of thing too. I, I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if I made it all the way through season one. I, I I think what I did was I watched it, and then it was I just couldn't keep with it, so I ended up being one of those I had it on the background. Because I kept feeling like that series, I'm, I'm, I'm bear with me if you're listening here, uh, because I'm, I don't mm. want to be bagging on this. Uh, but the first season mm. is worth kind of a little bit of bagging on because I kept thinking that everything that was happening felt like there was going to be something cool coming down the pipeline, right? Like this has got some premise. It's just everything seems like this huge buildup, and we're leading to something, but it's taking the long road to get there, right? So I, I had it on but i was always doing something else right i was always playing mm, a game on my right, phone yeah. or whatever and yeah. it was on so i would get the bits and pieces 
and and I'd say, oh, okay, they're they're on a space station. I'll start watching that. Oh, they're back to the to the you know millennials arguing about their relationships and stuff. I'll, I'll stop paying attention to that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that being said, it wasn't really that interesting to me. But um, I do remember that season one ended with um, not not a cliffhanger at all, but a oh this the the things that you thought were going to be we're building to are things we're building to, and and we're, they didn't spoil it or. or or ruin it or to give any kind of resolution. They just tell you like, yep, here's verification that we are, this is what this series is going to be kind of about. And it's going to have a lot, this element to it. You're like, Oh cool. This is what it was, but it still felt like just another drag along. Right. Mm-hmm. So I took, put season two on, I was downstairs. I, I started playing a soul game, which we can talk about later called Archmage. And I was downstairs and I was setting it all up and taking my time and, you know, playing through the game, this the solo uh, mode of the game, and I had it on uh, the TV, and I did not remember almost anything that happened in season one, and I just right. I just cold started on season two and just started like I'll catch up, whatever, right? Um, and it really grabbed me, like it it went through like four storylines and four major things happened in the series. In the in the there's like twelve episodes in season two, and they and the first one barely had a half of a storyline that didn't even resolve mm-hmm. right. So sure, it's right. it really felt like somebody took this and said, "Okay, you got some problems. Here's some problems. Fix fix these problems, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like like season two of Discovery. Sure, right, right. Yeah, so they they they, and then, they lost and that then person. All those people left for season <laughs> yeah, before season right. three. The person who told them yeah, that. I forgot. watched. Yeah. Uh, I watched the second episode of season two, and it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And so I just jumped in. I'm like, whatever. I need to know. Like, I'll pick it up. I'll figure it out. Like, I remember the broad strokes. Yeah, same here. Right. Um, yeah. And season two is a big um, space combat episode. Oh, yeah. and. I I talk a lot about how space combat, like Star Trek and Star Wars, each have their own like Air Force or naval slash submarine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. style of space combat, yeah. right? If if you're not familiar with those franchises, which I don't know how you could be and listen to our podcast, <laughs> but uh, the, the Star Wars is very uh, Air Force plane yep. kind of style and rules, and and Star Trek is very submarine naval. Um, um, kind of rules, right. and I and I always talk about uh, Battlestar Galactica as having very realistic kind of yeah. kind of space. I agree. Space I love rules, that about space it. combat rules. I love that about it. Um, it does still have you know artificial gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of solve the problem of inertia by having the FTL just like jump them without uh, the ship moving physically moving. Right. Um, and then, you know, they use bullets and nukes yeah. and the the Vipers will do things like, you know, uh, fire the the jets one way to turn around. And then they're still, you know, they're moving backwards because there's no friction. Right. Right. Um, this show takes all of those com- uh, concepts and ramps them up like as far as you can go, like as as much as you can make a TV show. Um, using all the real rules of of physics in space, um, and does that like 
the way that they they fire the weapons and they deal with gravity and all of that stuff. And I remember some of that from season one, but that second episode of season two, there's a lot of it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is really like, uh, you know, the one guy, the kind of Decker Blade Runner kind of character yeah. is up there and he's like, I really hate space. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. There is. They do that in one scene later on where this guy is trying to do like the pilot of the Rocinante that's the, the main ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's like somebody wanted to do exactly what you were saying. Like, I want to do a a cool like ship move how ship moves in space across some a daring maneuver type thing right and he does it mm-hmm. and it's like the way it's shot and you're watching it like it did it had that that battle star feel like he's moving quickly forward but he's also it's his like orientation doesn't matter at all right he just moves it around right. and then he thrusts at certain times to just change it and you're like oh yeah that feels like it would be space and it was cool. Mm-hmm. He slingshots around stuff. Gravity is not quite the same way it works, you know, but you can tell his thrusters and stuff handle that. Uh, so it was a very right. cool scene. Not in just, I don't know why they need to need to, and when I in retrospect, after looking at that scene, I was like, you didn't really need to have that scene. It was only like three minutes, but it was super cool for him to do yeah. a cool ship maneuver. Right. Right. Um, but so anyway, yeah, they, um, they do a couple. It's so weird. I'm thinking because I only watched season two, but I feel like I watched three seasons. Um, they mm. are they are hour long, so that's that's one thing is that you're watching a whole lot. Right. But right. when, like I said, when there's, uh, I'll say let's just say three main main like plot things that happen throughout the this, this season. That's only four okay. episodes, right? So every four episode, a mm. I wouldn't say something gets resolved, but a big thing, there's a storyline thing that happens over three episodes or maybe, maybe four at most. And it kind of resolves itself. And then they move on to the next kind of thing that that spun out of. Uh, I'm trying to let's give it a, a non-related example. Um, you're going to the grocery store to get um, food, right? And along the way, you get caught, you get pulled over by a police officer and you have to interact with the police officer and then you get to the grocery mm-hmm. store. So this is a season where the the whole season is about getting to the grocery store and getting back home. But the first three episodes is the interaction with the, the story of the police officer that happens. It's a story and it resolves itself. And then you go to the grocery store and it resolves itself. So it's all driving a thing, but they're all very much make you feel like you're watching just what's happening now. Right. Um, sure. And it gives you those, this helped me give me a bite, the bite size fulfillment of, okay, they resolved this thing without being episodic. So, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of episodic things, they'll, they'll do one show, the, the, the firefly thing will happen where they've got the thing that they have to beat this week and the story they're telling this week. Mm-hmm. But they did this over three episodes instead of like the first season, sure. which was over 12. Uh, <laughs> right. right. So, so that, that's, that's been really good. They, they, um, Took a lot of the annoying stuff out. Like they focused a lot on the young um, Rocinante group on the first one. And mm-hmm. there was just a lot of internal conflict and a lot of lame kind of tropes. And again, somebody must have come into the writer's room and said, okay, chill with that. Right. Move into some more yeah, stuff. It's like the, the world is set up with these three factions. And so there's all this sort of animosity between these factions. And you're like, okay, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, like racism thing except it's space so the the races don't really line up you know in any kind of way um that that 
you know matches matches present day but the characters are so like i don't know they just none of them are very uh distinct like mm-hmm. you know i couldn't tell you any of their names they don't stand out to and you know maybe some of this is me but they don't stand out in the way that i feel like even just a couple episodes in the the Battlestar Galactica characters were very clear in my mind. Yeah. At least the big, you know, Lee and Bill Adama and Saul and Rosalind and Baltar, like they're all really clear, you know, within the first couple episodes. I agree. I agree. And 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 this one did, had the same the problem you're saying of that there just there was nothing that really hung me to them. And I don't say that I won't say that um, the cast is small at any point in the show, but, no, but they no, do, that's a... but they do throughout the season, thin the cast. I will say mm. some through deaths that happen some through, they're just not there anymore. So the first season had like six different factions, like the three factions and, and two different factions per or storylines per faction. Right now they're like, okay, we're going to just take, ignore this guy. They'll still talk about this other leader or this other thing, but it's kind of just bringing people together. They're all in the same room now talking, three sides are, or they're all engaged with each other, right? So mm-hmm. so now you have the the Belters and the Mars and the, the Earthers, and they're all, they're all, all of them, and all the storylines know about each other, are talking to each other, and are all either in a room together or overcomes and all kind of doing the same thing together. So you're watching one show instead of six. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that, that is, I, the only thing I can say about it is if, if, long and short of it is it just feels so much more streamlined where they're, they're holding on to definitely what they want to be. They, they have a, a feel and a story and a style that they want to have. Um, but they've got, it, it felt like dad walked into the writer's room. And, you know, <laughs> just, just kind of gave them a, an outline. So do, do the outline sure. guys here and then make it how you want. But here's a skeleton. Right. Right. Uh, so that's that's made it. And I burned through them. I burned through 12 and I'm ready to go to the, the next one uh, pretty happily. And, I, and I'm enjoying how the season, the series went on. I know it went on for three or four. Or I think it went on three seasons and then Amazon did a fourth and they're doing a fifth now. So mm. that's pretty cool because I know that if they. If they ended up on a third, I would, if it continues on the same kind of pattern they're going, I, I would also be disappointed. It would feel like, oh, they finally get their cred together and then the studio cancels them. Rightfully so, but. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, there are a lot of shows that run too long, so that's a, that's a cheap It does. Thing. And you know, that show there in particular can't be cheap, right? So many people, so big sets, so many things. Yeah, big, like it's funny how much more expensive I'm sure that the special effects have to be to do such like low, not low tech, but like realistic looking stuff, right? Like there are no transporters. There are no phasers. There are no death stars. There are no lightsabers or blasters or any, it's all just normal, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Projectile, uh, kinetic kinetic energy know, yeah, kinetic weapons yeah uh the, no energy weapons or any of that kind of stuff but there's still like there's a bunch of zero g and there's all these ships in space and stations and 
you know, ships docking in a realistic way where everything's kind of in motion all the time because that's the only way you get artificial gravity. Um, and yeah, I'm sure that's. Not and they 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 add it. They add like there's two storylines. So they they've got your like your six right, and they pared it down to like say three stories now, right? And and mm. they they start to introduce like two new characters, like these. I don't know, mid season or something. They introduce these two new characters that aren't attached to anybody. So my first, my initial shell shock is like, oh, I don't want you to add more. I just got a handle. On, we're all <laughs> pared down, and why do we add more? Um, but again, it felt like those those two characters that they added felt like the dad in the room characters. Like, okay, you got to get rid of this baggage, but bring in mm. these things because you're missing this, right? Sure. And so, like the characters that they've added are like, oh, that's what the the Rastanante crew needed this. Right, that now that's going to make that whole thing right, right? And or the mm-hmm. um, I don't know this other character that's kind of boring or whatever, but it's a main character. You add this other character in with them, and now they can play off that, and it's a good it's a good thing you want over there, right? It's kind of like they needed mm-hmm. they were missing special special sauces, and these characters were added to the show to make that, and then they removed ones that weren't. So the, someone someone was in there doing a good job with it and and I'm and I'm glad for it. They, there are still a few lame things, but that all shows have them. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, it's not that well, you and I have said for a lot of times that some shows are just terrible in their first season and they're figuring out in their second. Um sure. I sure. I I don't know if it feels that same way. It feels like the writers had had an epiphany, but the rest of the show, the actors and the and the directors and stuff are are doing the same stuff. They just, they didn't have a streamlined like writing for it. And now they're story outline. Yeah. yeah it it kind of is possible coming with that. So anyway, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm glad with that one. Um, it, it was weird that that came back through on me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of random. Yeah. Um, I have, since we're talking about things that we watched, I have an anime. Yeah. That, I I picked up my sisters watched this and and Andrew did too. I think it's from last year or and by last year I mean 2019. Um it's on Netflix and yeah. it's a tricky one to recommend, but I want you to watch it so that we can talk about it. All right, I'm going to write it down. Here um, you go. Ready? Wait, what's it called? Because because I started watching it uh 2 days ago. And I watched the whole thing. Okay, it's twelve twelve half hour episodes. Oh, that's you know, good. Those are fast minute episodes. I you know, and so I'd watch them just like one after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is called Beast Stars. Beast, like beast so, and animals. Yes. So, like, if you took the word beast and you took the word stars, yeah, and you put them together so they share the st. Uh, that's what this show is, and it's, um. It's TVMA, so I wouldn't watch it, you know, with probably not with Sid. Oh, okay. Um, but it's like the best way to, that it was described to me, and I kind of agree, is Zootopia for adults. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's so it's that kind of of fantasy world actually very similar to zootopia um in that like they're all animals characters civilization is all animals um and they're you know they're anthropomorphic animals like they look like people but they're different sizes and and all of that stuff and they have the same 
uh, predator-prey conflict, like underlying conflict in their in their society, just like in Zootopia. Um, is, and... is, is there is there like a, somebody shooting them the predators with predator hormones? Uh no. Okay, but that wasn't Zootopia. <laughs> right that's that's the, that's, that's the, the utopia, plot bit, utopia. Right. Uh, but just like the setting so you don't like i don't want you to start watching it and go what is this because that put me off of it for a long time i was like isn't that like a weird kind of furry right sh-? and uh, i mean it technically is but right. the story is so and it's like violet evergarden where the um the art and the animation is just gorgeous awesome um i i I will i will admit that you now that you mentioned that like the 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 shows where they have like cat people as the main characters and there's no humans is off-putting it i'm not saying that that's that's a bad thing because it's there's a lot out there of anime like that um it's just you know something that makes me generally not even give it a second look right sure and and i don't i don't know why but it's just one of those things. I'll bet you watched Thundercats, though. I did watch Thundercats as a kid. Not a whole lot, but I did watch. I did watch it, and I liked I, them. I didn't, yeah, but I, I've, I did. I've heard about it. I, I liked them pretty good. Pretty good, I think. Are there animals in Voltron? I've never seen that one either. No, just the the lion, so just the, the robots, robot lions, the the lion lion things are yeah. like uh, Power Rangers, right? Yeah. Okay. What, so what came that's... first? Was it Voltron was first, right? And then Power Rangers? Is that I think? Uh, I have no idea, oh, honestly. We, I, who knows with America and Japan and Power Rangers has a weird thing because it like it started as a Japanese show and then they brought it here they made it here and all of the like scenes with the actors in California or whatever like that's all new but the combat stuff is is straight out of the original show Isn't that crazy that's know. crazy right like yeah let's just cut and piece things together and I have heard yeah. I've heard that some animes have done that too, is where they've actually changed the whole story and just cut things around and done things differently with stuff, which mm. which was weird. Not like obviously it's live action with Power Rangers, but I've I've heard there's been some things where they just rearrange the stories. And I'm talking about '80s things like Robotech and things like, and, like, and it might even be mm-hmm. Robotech where they like the American version of Robotech isn't the same story as the as the uh, Japanese version of Robotech. At all. Oh, interesting. But, but they used the same they used the same footage. The same footage. Yeah. yeah. And and I could be wrong about Robo it being Robotech, but I think it was, but there's something like that. They just use the same footage. Yeah, I mean if you're it. if you're dealing with um you know, if you're dealing with something in another language, right, where you're already translating it, right? Like everybody expects the the I mean, especially the stuff in the eighties. I don't think the mouths were synchronized to the Japanese audio. Yeah. Um you know, let alone English. So you know, you bring that footage here, you redub, you know, all the audio with English voice acting, and you can probably do a lot of weird things with the story. Yeah, and and back then, or I guess maybe to some extent now, uh, a lot of the a lot of scenes are just like a shot of a face with an actor's you know mouth moving, right, mm-hmm. for longer periods of times. Now you might have to do occasional where like a girl hugs a guy. You know, and you're like, oh, that's in the Japanese version. They have a thing together. But in the American version, the story is that they're brother and sister, you know, and it's a whole different story. So it's weird. But that's I know that's what they used to do instead of. And I wonder, because in the 80s, 
they were just lazy and didn't know how to do things. Um, they just didn't try to translate. They didn't have a translator. It was too mm-hmm. confusing, too hard. Things like, well, mm-hmm. brother doesn't mean brother. It means this. It means father or teacher. Or you know, like, oh, you know what? <laughs> Let's just make our own story right. and use the cool shooty blow up right. robot effects, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. you know, heck, that, that's what they can do with the uh, Power Rangers. Same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, with Power Rangers, it helps that like there was a little story in the people part. I'm sure that was added on. Yeah. But the like the fighting and the monsters and the robots was just the formula. Every episode was exactly the same. Yeah, like like legitimately like co- copy and paste. You don't need you don't need it, right? Like if you're just taking the fighting scenes from the the robots that they're doing, there is no all you know have to know with the people story is that there is a robot that looks like a wolf. So maybe the guy has to have a wolf look. Right. That's right, it. Right. And then write whatever you want for the people part. So that's, that's funny. Uh, let's see. What else did we do this week? I, uh, played some magic, magic, the gathering arena this week on, which is kind of mm. new. I, I sort of listened to you and, and, uh, Mike Trotsky talking about that yeah. a little bit. I, I owned magic cards mm-hmm. for maybe six months. Yeah, and I had one friend who played. I think we played maybe two games. Oh, really? And then in the early days of eBay, I sold them on eBay. Oh, nice. Because yeah. there's no point in having magic cards when you don't know anybody who plays. Exactly. Yeah, we we played it. Um, Mike and I did first, like whatever they called Alpha Edition, like right when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because we were like in the hip new things at all. Just like pure dumb luck type thing. It was his neighbor, Mike's uh, Trotsky's neighbor had, had cards, liked it. And he would come over all the time and he played Mm -hmm. it. And then we went to the store and mom bought us a starter packs. Right. And then we played it and we all, and and everybody hung over at Mike's house. So then like a couple of our other friends got starter packs and we all played it. Right. Um, so it just, it just, it just happened. Type thing, and, and may, I don't know how Brian. Brian was his neighbor, and he was uh, about two years older than us, so he was always the older kid. So maybe he knew mm-hmm. things, but you know, back in the early early nineties, like nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one, or whenever uh, when it first came out, maybe it was ninety three. Um, it uh, we didn't have the internet the same way, right? There wasn't message boards or things you can go to and say this is the hot new game. No, no, right. Right. So we we didn't know that. It would be literally going to a local game store if your town had one. Right? Um Yeah. So anyway, we we got it. We liked it. We enjoyed it. It was really fun. Uh Mike has a lot of nostalgia for the thing because, you know, it was when he was a kid. Um so but it's it's literally thirty years since it came out or something, right? So um the game has changed dramatically you know, from, from then. So it's, it's hard for him to, to, you know, or anyone who hasn't played magic in 30 years to pick it up now and it be the same game. Right. Uh, I will say this yeah. magic, the gathering arena is pretty good. I don't go into the details of it, but if you, if you know magic, it's pretty magic. I mean, it, it's pretty much the, for the first, it's well, well, you've seen it. It's, it's actually hearthstone. Right, but with magic, yeah, rules. it had that had that Hearthstone kind of vibe, which I think any you know Hearthstone was hugely successful. So mm-hmm. any card game, like the Lord of the Rings um, digital card game, has that kind of Hearthstone vibe yeah. to its UI and its sort of 
you know, you want that feeling when you grab a a monster or an ally or whatever out of your hand and drop it on the board. You want it to have that like chunk kind of satisfying experience. Yeah. That, Cause, that cause blizzard has. is blizzard and, and they did all that experience that user experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what this did. This, this, there was always a couple different kind of digital magic games. Um, sure. and they just didn't quite hit it every time. There was always something and they, and I know they were fighting with themselves with um sure the physical product because they were always like well if we have them buy it digitally they'll stop buying it and people physically. will stop buying cards and right i mean that's a that's an industry i know i've talked a little bit there's one uh game store near me it's about half an hour away um and i've been in there a couple times and the guy has a couple of board games in stock and a decent amount of games workshop uh, you know, Warhammer mm-hmm. stuff, and his business uh, is sustained mostly through Magic cards. Yeah, yeah, it's still to this and day you, most you know, are. Maybe depend, maybe depending on the trend, like Pokemon or Yu Gi Oh or something like, you know, comes into that space a little bit. But right. yeah, it's just you know for for Wizards and for for all the stores that carry the cards, it's you know, it's not printing money. I'm sure the margins on it are pretty tight, but it's a thing that keeps that business going and it's sustaining. It's easy. Absolutely. And, and I, and I get the idea that if, you know, they, this thing about putting a digital product out, I mean, sure for them there as a company, they can say, well, we can do that and still make the same kind of money. It's a wash for us, maybe even better, but I'm sure they are very much aware of their partners in the local game stores of if magic gets pulled out of the stores, everything closes shop across the country. And that sounds Mm -hmm. like, I'm being too too big with that, but I, I would think that's the truth. Though you know, you pull them out, they're they got n- nothing else left. Um, yeah. So you know, the, I, I think that they were very sensitive to that for the longest time. Uh, but honestly, you, you can't say anything about that. I mean, you, you know, if if a you can't hold back progress, I guess you would say, right? Right. Um, and I think Magic: The Gathering is finally the, it said, you know what, Hearthstone. Hearthstone's taking advantage of that that area when we should, right? Mm. Hearthstone came out, yeah. made ridiculous amounts of money. All we have to do is do that with our rules, and that's what everyone wants. Um, mm-hmm. And that's and that's what Arena is. So you've got you've got the Hearthstone interface of like you said, the chunk and the, the casting of a an attack and it boom and explodes and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got mm-hmm. all that interface, um, but with the magic rules and the magic cards you know which is pretty great it's you know it's it is pretty great i i was worried about not worried but i was i was thinking it would be a problem for like pacing because i think you had mentioned before that hearthstone has no off turn moves um yeah it's an it's an interesting and some of this i've gotten from other podcasts because i'm not very knowledgeable about magic Mm -hmm. but when people you know sometimes when they're talking about Hearthstone. Some of the players involved are old Magic players, and they're like, "How come there's no digital Magic?" And they're like, "Well, there are some, but the complaint is usually like the interface is bad, or it's or it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know the the part of a Magic card that's not the art is old, and you know they have to keep it all the same, you know, so the cards can work together. And 
they make the digital version like that and it looks like something from the 90s with a lot of brown and red exactly uh, kind of stuff and but from the gameplay perspective what i've heard and and i remember this just vaguely magic has a lot of stuff that you do on your opponent's turn maybe not a lot but some stuff there are interrupts and um counters and and things like that um and hearthstone has none of that like the closest equivalent is hearthstone has something called they're not called traps but they're like traps Mm -hmm. um a card you play on your turn and you can only have one like goes under your hero and it triggers on a response it's like a held action in D. Yeah. you know it'll say like next time your opponent summons a minion do two damage to it right whatever right and so it sits there but the game handles all of it yeah there's no you still don't do that. anything yeah. you still don't do anything on your opponent's turn and what irritates me about that is that hearthstone is a real-time game yeah. with a timer right and the matches can take what to me feels like a long time because I just have to sit there and watch the person like hover over their cards and wait and go and then like take a long time. And I'm like, this could be turn-based. Yeah. Like I could be doing this asynchronously and just have a couple of games going and just you take your turn and then I take my turn within a day. Do do you know, have you heard anything about that? Like why as an option, why they won't do that? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe they, just designed it that way maybe the it's it's built on unity so maybe they didn't have a good way to um save the states right over a over an extended period of time because it's so like you have to get into the game and you load it and there's a splash screen and all that you know the part of what makes the interface pretty and and flashy was just too difficult to also have really robust um network uh uh infrastructure architecture to to say, I mean, that's sort of my my guess on so that. Weird. I haven't really, I mean, that I haven't it, really looked into it. The, but. It seems key that they would. I mean, there since there is nothing on off terms that that you you one hundred percent could do that. That you know feels like a, a missed opportunity on. Yeah, it's it's weird to me. Maybe they just made a decision from the beginning, and then once they got to a certain point, we're like, uh, or maybe they looked into it originally, and the architecture or the technology just couldn't. Um, couldn't handle for it and i think the fact that they built it on unity to me says that it was kind of a um you know as much as blizzard does anything uh um casually maybe i don't i don't know of a good word for that that's not derogatory like a weekend project and obviously they didn't build hearthstone in a weekend yeah but that like the blizzard version of a weekend project right it probably took them like 18 months or something right um you know they didn't they didn't build it themselves from scratch like they've done with all the rest of their apps um or their their games or you know built using their own stuff right like heart uh heroes of the storm is built on starcraft 2 um but they you know used somebody else's uh uh thing i mean unity is its own that unity's whole thing is cross-platform when hearthstone came out it annoyed me that it was uh, computer only i mean right. it was they had it on mac and pc but i'm like it's unity why can't i play it on my phone right and i can now right it just took them a while to get it optimized and whatever well well bring, bring this bring this back in sorry no, yeah sorry. i went on a tangent Br- bringing this back to like to the magic thing with that with that exact thing you were discussing is that 
You're absolutely right. Like magic has an egregious amount of times where you can interrupt and respond. Um, it, like it, in the in the instruction booklet, because it's such this like world, it's literally a world series uh, professional event where they spend millions of dollars on, right? With tournaments and things. Um, they have uh, tons of rules at every step. Okay, now this happens. Now there's this, you know, step. And then this, this, then the other opponent gets to respond, a ch- opportunity to respond to your response. And then, and it can be for anything. Like they put, like, it can be just like getting mana, right? Which is, you know, just mm-hmm. get one mana, right? Now the other guy gets an opportunity to respond to your response <laughs> of getting one mana, right? And that's, and then yeah. there is, I'm assuming some gamesmanship to it at some point. Right. And they were trying to always make, that was the biggest thing, but I'll tell you this, this is what they did in this arena. That's really, really big. And and I think a huge thing is that they made the game very, very smart. Um, Like they, they actually got really good programmers to do things. So Mm. as an example, in the old digital versions of magic, when a card was played, it would prompt you, do you want to respond? Even if you couldn't respond or if you just had an option to respond mm-hmm. or whatever, or there was no reason for you to respond, it would ask you. And then it would give you that little timer, right? It would like give you a 20 second timer, <laughs> right. right? And then right. and then if you did, you know, you say, no, there's nothing I can do here, right? A lot of times people are like, oh, it's asking me. That means look at my cards real quick. Let me check all my cards. Right. And, and then it goes to the next and then it goes to them like, okay, they didn't respond. Is that okay that you didn't respond? Do you have an incident that you want to rec- do before you do the thing that you want to do? Right. <laughs> and, and and that's what that's exactly what happened. Now it's intelligent to know that you have no cards that have anything that it can be done. So it doesn't right. prompt you at all. Right. It it it, there, it just quickly goes through that thing. And it's like there, there are all of those steps. It, when a card comes out, then it will prompt you on that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And it knows that when let's say you do do that thing. Hey, it says and it shows you the card. Here's the card. It's highlighted. It's got a a fiery ring around it and says this card can be right, played yeah. and only this card. So you can't even hover or do anything else. And I think it's prompting you, does this card want to do something? Right. And then you're like, Oh no. And then it goes to the other person and the computer knows that person doesn't even have anything it can respond with. Right. So it just yeah. skips all those steps and just That's attacks. Good. Right. But, and that seems like logical, but it felt, I'm sure it felt like whoever had done it before, I always say this, the difference between PC and Mac uh, people is that they wanted to have an authentic by the rule computer programming if else statements for every step because that's authentic, right? Mm. Or you can go with presentation and fun and not worry about all that, right? And that's yeah. what that's how Arena feels. Arena feels like they're, you're having fun doing it. Um, which is good. I, I don't, I'm not saying it's one that I'm going to, you know, leap into and become a, a magic, the gathering online player for sure. Not <laughs> at, at, I'm not, it's still a blind box game that, that I'm not into blind boxes. Yeah. Just a money hole. Yeah. But, but um, it's, you know, if, if I'm an old school player that did sink money into magic, once upon a time, I have nostalgia for it and would love to play it again. Now I can totally, it is, it is a good resurgence for you to get it and to do it. Play it, you will like it just like you liked it before, and you'll have people to play against, and it'll be the fun experience I think that you had. Uh, so positive, yeah, weird, weird little nice. thing, but nice. That was um, fun. I know that, and I don't know if you're 
ready to talk about this on the show yet, but I know we're you're in the planning stages of a new uh a new role playing D and D uh sort of thing. Did you want to talk about that at all? I do have a couple of segues from that, if not. Sure. Yeah. I, I we we can like light a bridge it because it's an I think for for you as a as a player will also at this point only have a kind of a light understanding. You might have a little bit more because you and I talk, but um so. We have played uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, in the past, our friend group, and mm-hmm. we like some. We did epic campaign type stuff where we, you know, played a two year campaign and it was fun, and we played it every week. And um, yep, but it was epic and it was big, and and we enjoyed that. And but it's just like things that are epic and big. You're like, whew, that's done. Put that away for a while. Um, take a break. You take a break. And it's been many years since then. And I have had an occasional questions about hey i'd like to play D again that, that'd be fun should we play D and it's always been and i know for me and for the players the idea of like it's a little gun shy of we getting into this thing are we going to do this right and i don't think making a big commitment yeah and and i know i as a dm only do that once a decade or so right and uh and i think players feel the same way uh but i i've always i I'm going to just say straight out, I've been inspired by MMOs in the past throughout my, my life. Hmm. And especially recently with playing games like Neverwinter, um, where oh, right. you have... I think I, knew, I think I knew that those were related, but now I'm remembering. You've been talking about Neverwinter nonstop for the last six weeks. Yeah, right. It's, it's, so, it's this... The tracks. I mean, and, and you, you and I talk about things from the past where we play like World of Warcraft and when you can talk about you, you talk about lore and some of the things that I remember about lore and I enjoyed that feeling of Illidan and going do and I and I occasionally have feelings in my mind nostalgic feelings about not just War of Warcraft or Neverwinter but in, in many different games and I think of a I'll have these flashbacks of walking through a forest somewhere through a tunnel and it was really just kind of a spooky experience that I had that stuck with me and I'm like what game was that right um but I was going on a on a quest where this guy had this neat thing and a, a portal appeared out of nowhere and it was really neat. And I remember that, right? It's an experience. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a, it's a role-playing-ish experience. But MMOs sure. still can't have a problem, I've always felt, like with making your character feel, I guess, important, maybe. Uh, they try their very best, mm-hmm. but when you're playing a raid of 45 people, how do you make your one oh, character, sure. right? Yeah. Um, and then we we play games like uh, Final Fantasy where your character is, but isn't, right? Like they're set, they're called the character or the player or the ascendant or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're mm-hmm. not called by your name. You're not, you know, people don't walk up to you as, as, as a, you know, because these ways are made modular, you don't go back into town and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, here comes the champion. Because every single person in that town is the champion. Right? Right, right. Uh, so some games try to do that and then it's then it's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing. So it's a whole thing. And, and that's something that I've always thought of when playing D&D that we, I really loved doing and I've done throughout my entire game playing DMing is this idea that you you – your characters are important. Everybody who plays in a two-year epic campaign or any D&D has played feels like they've got this character that they made and is a thing, right? And mm-hmm. it's fun and exciting in their own way where they have a backstory or, or they're a paladin, whatever they envision in their mind. And to just leave them feels weird. And I've always liked the idea that Dennis can play a cool ranger character and he really likes him, has a good time and fun. And then 
that character should be able to interact with other characters. And, you know, when he's done adventuring, maybe he could be uh, run his own ranger guild or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. Interact with the next yeah. group. And people would, throughout history, remember what Dennis the Ranger was known for and talk to him. And when you see him, you have that reverence, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you can't quite have that in MMOs. Uh, but what you can't have in MMOs is being in a setting where you know the NPCs, right? You know who this character is. And you, sure. you interact with King Neverember or you ra- interact with uh, the main big, huge dragon guy in Final Fantasy or something, right? Or the Chocobos. Uh, so, okay, that's a lot of buildup. But so the, the D&D thing was okay. what I wanted to do is take like a, a, an MMO kind of hybrid thing where you've got a, a quest area, right? An area where you go. Mm-hmm. And... Yep. You can go there and you can pick up all sorts of different kinds of quests. And today I can come and play my alt, I'll say, right? I want to play, I really feel like playing a rogue today. And I got a great idea for a rogue. And I get in there and I really want to go on a, on a rogue quest, right? I don't want to go on a dragon killing thing. I'm a rogue. I want to go steal a thing. Mm-hmm. It would be great if they could go into a game and play a game and say, I want to play a rogue. And I look at through the different quests and see, oh, there's a, there's a quest. There's actually a rogues guild, and they put up quests to go get, like, go steal a necklace from somebody, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. a one-hour, maybe, adventure. Why can't we do that? Well, we don't have time, and there's rules, <laughs> and there's meet-up times and stuff. But we, we've got technology now. We've got the way we can do it. Um, we've, you've successfully moved us over to Discord, all of our friend group, and we communicate every mm-hmm. single day that way, and we talk and, <laughs> and interact. So mm-hmm. I've, I'm developing a, a, a game, I keep calling it a campaign, but it's more like a game world area where... A setting. A setting, right? And I, and I will also do quests and stuff where each channel or something, the characters there have their backstories and they're all written on a campaign site that I'm using called Kanka. And it, the, the settings will have stories, the areas will have stories, but players can just... Come in, see, like, the go to the Mage Tower. They can go to a channel that's the Mage Tower. And there's always the, the Mage guy. I will be, you know, role-playing in the, the channel as a Mage. On a Tuesday at my lunch, I'll come in and decide that Maelstrom the Mage needs some more components from the Toadstools down by the uh, Druid Ring, right? So he put, I'll post a quest in his Mage Tower board. And one of my one of the players, one of our friends, can say, "Oh, I've got a third level guy, Ranger Druid, who could totally do that." And then over lunch, we can talk back and forth and have a little role playing session. And Maelstrom gets his stuff. The guy gets a little bit more money. Um, and then Maelstrom, the wizard, uh, makes a potion, blows up the um, the laboratory. The Mage Tower burns fire, burns down, and now we have no longer a Mage Tower. Right. From from then on out or something right. happens and it's positive and, and that character has changed the world because they went on the quest or did a little thing. Right. Um, and then from now on, we no longer have a mage tower to go to. And everybody knows that Dennis, the Druid, blew up the mage tower. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can't get stuff. Uh, right. It, but you just did that on a quick lunch adventure, which you without rolling <laughs> dice or doing anything like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Dennis, the J- Dennis, the Druid can be an NPC that I run for Pat the Bard, right? Right. And Pat the Bard and Dennis the Druid are going to go off and 
rescue a dragon. And then you and I and and Pat get online and actually do a role playing like with roles and stuff and adventure. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really exciting. We get to um, yeah. We get, you know, it's going to be flexible. We're all adults. It's very difficult. Uh, things will pop <laughs> up and just see how how it goes. I think that people will, you know, interact with stuff. I'm hoping that, um, you know, Dennis the Druid, when he burns down the, the, the Mage Tower, that it gets posted. Everybody's like, I, I need to go get some, some ingredients because my everybody else needs it. Well, sorry, Dennis the Druid burned down the Mage Tower. You can't do that anymore. You got to go get Dennis the Druid. He's the only Druid now that has toadstools, you know. Um, right. So, and then then I would make him interact with you, which is kind of neat. Uh, but that's all starting. I've been doing world building recently. We set up some channels in our in our Discord server, uh, enough to get everybody start like dusted up of what it is. I'm this last three days. I've gotten like four different tales from four different people. Like what, what, what's happening? What do I do? Well, I don't know. Understand that, what's going on, and that doesn't surprise me because I see people asking in the you know publicly visible Discord channel. So it doesn't surprise me that people are DMing you uh, to ask. Yeah, and, and you know, how do I do this? And and then I've got a couple um, that it sounds like they're super super into the idea. They, I've already gotten like four or no, I just got one while we were talking here. Matter of fact, a message uh, of another character a DM to me that they want. Uh, to be part of this. So another thing you do is that Dennis the Druid, you just wanted to make a Druid up, Dennis, one day. You call him Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that. And I will put him in the world. And he's just an NPC. And you can make his backstory. And you mm. can make his stuff. And I've got one from somebody who'd used their old character. I'm like, hey, I like this guy. I played him when I was 34 or something. It was great with my old mm-hmm. group. And here's his backstory. Can you put him in the world? Nice. Right? And that's kind of neat. Right? And I'll, I give him a home. And he lives in the forest with these other characters we played with before. And now he lives there forever type thing. Right. And someone can interact nice. with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm real excited. That's cool. I'm real excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It, it's fun. Oh my goodness. Um, I want to, before we, before we segue again, I want to plug, plug is a weird thing, but uh, two things that I know about one of them I bought and the other one I bought and played. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is is simple. Uh, it's from MCDM, which is the company of uh, Matt Colville, the D and D YouTuber. Oh yeah, yeah. Reference on occasion. Yeah. Um, great, great, great. He, and he spent years uh, uh, mourning the loss of the old Dungeons and Dragons yes. magazines. Yes, I'm glad you're bringing um, this up. Yeah. And. And their their amazing eighties art and all this stuff. And, and when when you said dungeon, it's like dungeon magazine and dragon. Yeah, two magazine. separate magazines. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to refer to those, but <laughs> right, um, right. I I have no concept of those because listeners of the show will know that I did not play D anD D before I was in my thirties. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't allowed when I was a kid. Yep, yep. It was evil. And anyway, uh, he missed those old magazines, and he thought, "How come nobody does these anymore?" Mm. I know why people don't print magazines anymore, but why don't they make a digital version? And then, you know, he's got a lot going on. So he went through this whole, th- I watch his videos. So I've gotten more of the backstory and have not actually read the magazine. Yeah. But, uh, he, uh, um, and his company started this magazine called Arcadia. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, hired a, uh, uh, a, chief editor, editor, whatever his actual title is like yeah. an editor to run it. And they, got four well four writers 
for the first issue and they're you know they're working on subsequent issues already i listened to their their q a with all four of the authors um and it's unlike the original magazines which were split between players and dms um this has something for everybody i think the first issue has an adventure a subclass a um i don't know what to call it it's an article on mounted combat with four examples of mount uh uh creatures yeah and an npc who has like a mini adventure with her i think it's female uh, a celestial like angel kind of thing but yeah. can also be um like an ally character but i think is written to sort of be a villain uh character so like two of those are kind of for dms and the other two are kind of for players but it's really you know who i mean a player can't do much with an adventure module but um yeah i i thumbed through the pdf that's a weird way to say that i scrolled through the pdf (laughs) i scrolled through the pdf and um all of the art in it is indeed amazing um so uh i'll put a link in our podcast show notes you can buy it from their store or what i did was signed up for their patreon at five dollars a month and got got it for free quote unquote however that works right um so that's that's super cool. Um, the other thing I tried, I bought and tried, played, um, is a thing I found out about through a different YouTube channel, Shut Up and Sit Down. They do board game reviews. Um, one of their guys talked about solo RPGs. We talked a lot last year about, last year? 2019, I guess it was. Um, we talked a lot about solo board games or card games, like the Lord of the Rings a living card game we talked about at length. Yeah. Um, and I'd never heard of this idea of solo RPGs. I'm like, what the heck is this? Um, and so I bought and played something called Artifact. Uh, it's Artifact with an E. Oh, okay. An I. Okay. Um, the idea with this is you pick um, a type of ob- object and you you're you're sort of writing or fleshing out the story of a magic object or okay. a, or an artifact, right? Yeah. Hence the name. Um, and there are categories. There's like a weapon, an instrument, a tome, like a book. Um, um, there are like eight or nine of them. I only did one. But um, I chose weapon. And so you sort of sketch it. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. Depending on your drawing ability, I can't draw. So I drew like the outline of an axe and gave it some adjectives for names and it's got text to guide you through what you're doing okay right? so you so you name some kind of some you know a, for, a smith or something who created the object and give it some attributes and pick uh, a person who is its first uh, bearer oh okay and in the same way that when you play D&D at various times you get uh varying levels of immersed into your character and try to make decisions as that character in this case you're trying to put yourself in the mind of a magical object so like you're a sentient axe and what like how do how do you as that answer these questions and decide these things so like you pick the bearer yeah they carry you for a while and they're like what then the other questions will be, you know, what is this, what is this person's 
uh, quest or their mission, like their big thing yeah. that they're trying to do. And it's multiple choice. And so you pick one of those. And then for me, I wrote all in the margins, like what, what the specifics were, right? Because it gives you sort of high level and you say, yeah. So after he did this, then he found and they had murdered his wife and, you know, uh, this. And then um, at some point, because your bearers are always mortal, you get dropped or placed or banned or whatever. Like the person dies somehow and you you fill in how that happens and then you pick a length of time to wait and the game has an accompanying website uh with a playlist of like instrumental songs of, of specific lengths yeah that correspond to how long you wait so if you if you're waiting a month you might listen to a track that's like 20 seconds long oh. and if you're gonna wait a decade maybe you listen for four minutes oh that's cool um and so you kind of sit and i I forget if it had me close my eyes. It's a weird thing where it's sort of, and they talked about this on the Shut Up and Sit Down video, where it overlaps a little bit into ideas of meditation and like mindfulness mm -hmm. stuff, which is, is weird because you're doing this fantasy game thing, but it actually, it in some ways that makes it easier because you're not just like trying to sit and imagine yourself as a rock on the side of a stream or something mm -hmm. weird and abstract like that not that's abstract that's the opposite of abstract but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um instead it was this you know me if i'm this magical axe imagine this guy goes and while he's clearing out this troll thing he gets betrayed and he drops the axe and the axe lays there or like it goes to this you know adventurer's guild and it gets put up on the wall in a glass case it wow. hangs there for a hundred years yeah. while the world of men changes around him. Yeah. It. And then something happens and somebody new takes it up and it's, it's just, I mean, weird. It seems, I don't know if weird is the right word for it. It's definitely unusual. That's um, creative. Yeah. It's a very, a very creative experience. And then I think um, what some people do and I, th they have on their website or something, uh, guidelines for how to do this sometimes people will take these um, items that they create through this game and convert them into uh, fifth edition items oh oh that's would be cool. super cool right you're right. like now you're here and you're like yeah i'm the latest in a line of six wielders of you know ashmorn or whatever yeah um i mean i, li I like that know. i like that idea even like for for our campaign i'm thinking like somebody we're not making up rules for what a magic sword, how you role play a magic sword. There's no D and D rules for that, but it'd be for, right. for things where we don't actually aren't using D and D stuff. It'd be neat. Somebody said, I want to make myself, my character is a magic sword. Right. And you just mm -hmm. role play some things. We, that sounds really, really neat. I think, <laughs> you know, or, or I'm, I'm a harp or something like that, you know? And, right. And I would always have that harp sitting in the tavern or something. And who would have conversations and sing and, how cool is that? That's a neat idea. That's a really neat idea. Yeah. 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 So that's that's called Artifact. I thought it was pretty cool. That is really neat. It's, I mean, that and, and going back to your Dungeons & Dragons replacement type thing, I think that's a neat thing. We, we, You and I talked a little bit about it before. I think I enjoy, I really enjoyed the Dungeon Magazine and Dragon Magazine, and they were for, I was DMN player, so I read them both. Now, I just read them in the library. Right, I never actually could subscribe to those sure. things as a kid. But, um mm -hmm. You know, those were those were really neat 
as we would say curated things and we don't have mm -hmm. that curated stuff now now it's difficult for me to to go and find i mean they yeah, thankfully it's, there's it's official probably the stuff, opposite but... it's it's almost the opposite of how it was probably back in the 80s where like Oh, well, I mean, with magic, you gave the exact example. Like if you knew somebody, if you knew people who were into D&D, &D, you had some, uh, you know, kind of information or ideas to draw from. But you were in this little bubble. It's part of the reason that the hobby is so dominated by, well, like most nerd hobbies, is dominated by hetero white males. Like that's who played it. And they hung out with other people like them because they lived in the Midwest or whatever. Um, and now we have the Internet. And so anybody can post up their adventure ideas, whatever, you know, for whatever. Like I yeah. see some of those with Star Trek adventures, and that's a such a smaller uh, community compared to D and D. And there's probably just you have the opposite problem where there's such a such a wealth of of information and ideas. You have no way of filtering out like what's a good, you know interesting balanced subclass somebody designed and what's just you know a thing some guy and his friends put together because they thought it would be broken and overpowered right exactly yeah exactly yeah. there's you know there's just so much you're inundated with what's crap and what's not crap and what's good and and it, a lot of i've there's some things with that someone will make an entire like world and like is it worth my time to read about this whole thing if i find out you know 20 pages in that it's actually very lame and it took me this long to figure it out and mm -hmm. you know or or the this cool dungeon map is neat but there's no actual like you know stats for points of interest or any kind of stuff and but yeah how, now you that that information is out there but it's just it's still hard to sift through it all it, i actually just mm -hmm. want to have like a, a magazine like this that sounds or an online thing or a pdf or a resource guide or a better or a better website that's just for that and to their defense, things like, you know, D&D &D has come a long way where they like online digital products are pretty great now. It, it it took a long time. And that's I mean, that's what happens, right? The old guys are the last to, you know, Pathfinder had an SRD like 12 years ago. Right. But, you know, there's stuff like D&D &D Beyond. Yeah. So, All so right. It, we it's, should it's we should switch over to our quote unquote main uh, uh, um, current current event topic oh yeah we've got about, one we have one of those don't we yeah <laughs> talk about disney's marvel's uh wandavision so so mickey mouse is on with a wolverine character is that what this is with disney i and, think so oh, i yeah. think so right, right and deadpool for some and reason. deadpool right no. and they're all like cursing and throwing things um so we don't have we don't have music for that segue which is probably good because we're running a long time um so this is marvel's new tv show yep. uh tv show like TV, on on like, first party not through netflix i almost or... i almost said their second show but they had shield and uh carter oh and and, and defenders and daredevil and yeah i don't i don't count those like they're i mean they, they I were mean, legit in the mcu though I they're mean, they're technically in universe but i don't think they crossed over no um i mean they were there were any... there were some characters like nick fury was actually on shield and Sif was on Shield, right? For right. Ed. Well, Coulson was in Coulson was in Avengers. That's the whole. Right. But you're right. It, that's it, the whole thing. Th but... This is the first first party, right? Like if you're talking about video games, right? That was all third party stuff. Yeah, and and just like the others, it's uh, it's spun off from a movie or movie mm -hmm. characters, I should say. Right. Um. So, 
I'm gonna hit the bell because there are there aren't really spoilers in this, but we're gonna talk about what what you know about what's going on because you read all his comics. Sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, Marvel's WandaVision episodes one and two spoilers. So yeah, this so this being this is also the first. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's more. This is the first mm. actual phase four Marvel we have. I believe that's my understanding, yes. right? Because they said that Spider-Man: Far From Home was sort of a transition piece. Yes, it, it was the epilogue yeah. to an Endgame, right? And, and End, Endgame, yeah. And it's weird. It's kind of maybe fortuitous that we have this long break from a. You know, I, I I am sure I am certain that history will look back on this time in Marvel Cinematic Universe movies type thing, and say, you know, a pandemic hit. And made us stop watching movies right after we have, like, the most emotionally, you know, culmination of 10 years of cinema with superhero movies. And right. it it, may, it forced us to take, a, it literally forced us all to take a year break from it. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the writer's strike, except it affects everything and not just yeah. uh, film and television. And, and, and there was, with the writer's strike, sometimes there was the option to put bad stuff out, right? And and this one, right, there, right. there wasn't hire, even that. Hire, uh, you know, replacement writers and have a bad season of something. Right. So, so, so he, maybe good, and then that's a weird. Weird thing. Well, so, weird thing. Yeah, so I knew some of the some of the high points of this story from you and I talking about it. I think we mm-hmm. talked about it on the air. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm going to it, going into it just with what I remember from those movies. Yeah. Right. I've seen most of, I've seen all the MCU movies, mm-hmm. most of them only once. Sure. So yeah. that's what, that's what that's worth. I've seen all of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but. Which is more than me. I, I've know, not seen all of them. Spread, spread out over time. And I could not tell you half of the stories in that because it was just. Uh, you know, some of it was good and a lot yeah. of it was not as good. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a handful of episodes of, of Agent Carter. I jumped into that right after S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and then, you know, got on to, got on to other shows probably. But um, well, with, I went into this. Well, I, say, with, with the, I went into with this those... kind of. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You're, you're <laughs> sorry. You're good. I went sorry. into it kind of with no, no expectations. I mean, except for you know you and i talking about it mm-hmm, so i'm like mm-hmm. okay there's something there's something here but first just focusing on uh the production and the writing and themes like um i talked to our buddy fox yep. and he said um he said that nathan his son um laughed out loud at some of the um at some of the jokes mm. some of the you know sort of slapstick comedy right like right. that's in the trailer where he she hits him in the head with a with a flying plate like she's magicking a plate through the air and it hits his head and shatters and i'm sure to a i mean very much old, that's bewitched, hilarious. right i mean it's just like wait, right. why why you bewitched, laugh like, bewitched right. it was it was funny to fox because his son has never seen bewitched you know, or anything uh, right 50 what's shows. it called tv land yeah tv, TV land. land on uh Make on nickelodeon which yeah. is where i was you know i'm too young to have seen those shows back mm-hmm. in the day um but when I was a kid, I I um, spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. These weren't their shows. They watched Andy Griffith's show and Beverly Hillbillies. But I definitely have seen Bewitched and mm-hmm. uh, like, Dick Van Dyke show, yep. which are the two, seem to be the two big ones that they're 
that they're doing here. They're like, he works, they show his office, there are no kids. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the set has that, like, the sitcom set walls, right? Where, like, none of the walls are straight. There's all this, like, furniture out in the middle of the room. It's just completely impractical. Right. Yeah, that's, they're doing a joke about that. They filmed it with a live audience so they've got people laughing and reacting to the to the stuff happening in the episode um and and with this like sort of subtle um like air of menace over over the setting that you don't you don't get in the first episode until almost the end and then kind of the same thing in the second episode but a little a little more it's building a little Mm -hmm. more and i assume so uh disney released two episodes this week uh, the first and second which is smart i thought was very smart because i I think that the show um it's kind of a compromise between the weekly release and the um and the binge model well i feel that um it wouldn't it would not have had the impact that it had on people not saying that it was like a big huge shotgun impact but it wouldn't have had the the impact had they just had one episode because i think there was that they want to tell sure. they want to tell they want to be able to do this like sitcom 50s 60s sitcom thing it's it's important and that's kind of what they're doing mm-hmm. I, but you and i both agree this isn't the show right this isn't the the whole series isn't going to be just of this keep continuing to make fun of no like, putting i mean these it's characters in this thing it's the, the, we're in spoilers here but they already are moving out of it at the end of the second episode. Right. So, so, and, and that's what I think was important. I think it was very important that if you just had one episode out, you would not know what this is and it would be mixed and you'd have to sit with a week. And then it's the first launch of the phase four. And they would be like, so I'm sure that was very, very intentional. They're like, okay, give them two. And that will show that we are going somewhere that it's not just what that one episode was. I showed, I showed the first episode to my sisters and they were like, that was weird. We didn't have time to watch both of them, so we just watched the first one. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, well, after we were done watching it, I'm like, well, do you want me to... I'm like, I don't really know, but I have some of the pieces that you're probably missing. Yeah. Um, and I said, you, you remember how at the end of Endgame, Vision is dead? Yeah. And so, you know, Wanda, because she's magic retreats into this fantasy world yeah that she's created we think we we think we don't right there's that yeah th- that's that my assumption talking from, saying from why did they do this to you? to you wanda why did they do this to you you know yeah who's who's doing who's this doing who's this making you? you do this yeah um so I, I we said, don't really know yeah i talked to i talked to fox in dms about this because i didn't want to spoil it in any of the major channels but i said who is who is that voice is that is that don Cheadle? Right? Is it Rody? That's yeah, just sort of my first guess. Is. I'm like, it could be anybody. Yeah. Um, and shows you how much I remember about things. I'm like, is Rody dead? Didn't he? Didn't he? And I, I, I came to it alive. as I was saying it. <laughs> as I was saying it, I was like, didn't he crater in one of the Iron Man movies? <laughs> really? Was I'm like, no, right wait. They they brought him back, and yeah. he was he was you know he couldn't walk for a while. He was guy in the chair. Yeah. Um. Because obviously he's back in uh, Civil War, and, which I think is after that. No, Civil War okay. is where it happened. Oh, that, Civil War when it happened. That's yeah. where he created. Yeah, he he was back in Endgame and Infinity War. 
Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And because he's got the suit with yes. a million guns on it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's cool. It's it's like like all Marvel things. It's a uh, it's its own thing, but has some ties. I think the neatest thing here is that um, it's squarely kicking off uh, Phase Four, and, and I don't mean that in like it's all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe for this movie. I don't think that at all. But I think that there are a couple. They drop very little things, just like they did in like previous Marvel movies, where the movie is about the movie, but then there would be like you know, Nick Fury would walk in for one scene and talk to Tony Stark and then walk out and never talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. again, mm-hmm. right? But you'd be like, oh, wait, who was that guy? And what was he there? And there's that's a, there's a there's a bigger world out here somewhere, but okay, let's go back to the story that we're listening to, right? And this does that yeah. same thing. It kind of, you know, there's the, at the end, there's always someone watching or there's, you know, like watching the video camera and mm-hmm. they're in, that they're in color and... Um, yeah, it's it's making sure you know from the first episode that this is not th- this is not real. It's it's not its own show. It's not its own like right. just self-contained funny. They're not randomly going to do their thing. Yeah. yeah, they're not randomly going to do a whole season of Dick Van Dyke show meets Bewitched. Right. And just and just make fun of 50s and 60s culture, right. which is important. All right. Because nobody knew what this is. Yeah. They really did. And all we saw was those right. scenes. I think it was real important that they showed those two episodes just for that reason alone, which which I thought was great. So the the sitcom things were great just by themselves. Right. Like they were fun and yeah. and and humorous in the same way that you would watch the Beverly Hillbillies. Right, just a, mm-hmm. an episode of little shenanigans that they get themselves in with the the talent show this week and meeting the the local stuck up lady, and it was just so much like that, you know. And the writing was excellent, the performances mm-hmm. were excellent, um, <laughs> right? They just they just felt great. I think Paul Bettany playing Vision was like. Especially when he had the gum, I loved like the gum. It gummed gum. up his works, right? <laughs> Made him like thing, drunk right? type thing, uh, which right, was right. fantastic and so just like, jokey. Just like in, just like in uh, in Star Trek Discovery, he gets some FaceTime. <laughs> he gets some FaceTime, right? right? Without having to, without having to have all the vision, right? Uh, uh, makeup on and, and they still do they do it just it's so much like with bewitched for example like she has powers and they're always trying to cover up her powers or like she does a little thing and somebody catches it and they're like oh it's a string you know it was yeah, so that's, much that's like that's 100 percent bewitched or uh a genie I dream yeah of genie. i dream of genie yeah so they it was so wonderful and for most of the whole episodes uh and it uh they just gave us the wonderfully timed Oh, this is not I Dream of Genie, right? Well, we were just in it, and all of a sudden I'm pulled out of it. And what? What is? There's somebody talking on the radio in like mm-hmm. on a walkie-talkie, and you're like, "Wait, you know, I'm not watching I Dream of Genie or Dick Van Dyke or whatever." So fantastic, wonderful. I I will say uh, a couple cool little things, Easter eggs for people stuff. Um, there's this there's a symbol on the that they show quickly here and there. Uh, I think in one of the episodes, maybe two, it's it's a sword. Um, The, I'm not going to go too nerdy on any of this real quick. Just sword is, if you think of shield, people know what shield is in the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. It's got a long acronym name, strategic homeland, blah, blah, blah. Strategic homeland initiative. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a thing, right? Uh, But they're the guys that are like the FBI, right? People. 
right yeah. of, of stuff with uh, of the avengers and they're superhero centered right mm-hmm. uh, so if you have a superhero arm of the government that's shield um and then so what in the comic books what sword is is that the they have decided that shield is great for earth stuff but there's so much more to the to the universe than just earth we need to have oh. things that deal with extraterrestrial stuff. I see. So if so, if Shield is the FBI, Sword is the CIA. Correct. CIA. Yeah, they're they're the they're the external. Type. It, that's exact. Right. Right. CIA, FBI. Perfect. So uh, this Sword has another long acronym, right? And that's their symbol. What you saw. So it's kind of like when we saw Agent Coulson come on and introduce himself to Iron Man, and he said the Long Shield acronym. Yeah, uh, people like who were in the new Avengers initiative, right? Oh yeah, right. Uh, people who were in the know, and they're like, "Oh, that's Shield, right?" It's the same mm-hmm. kind of reaction. People who are in the know are like, "Oh, that's Sword." Um, sure. And it does make a lot of sense if you've watched any of the Marvel movies in the last four years or five years that there has progressively gotten more and more and more space stuff in the MCU. Right? We have Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, Guardians, and yeah, Marvel, and, and Marvel, and they're all now. They're all now inter- interacting with each other. Like Nebula and Tony Stark are hanging out, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Rocket Raccoon is on Earth. Thor is right. from space, and his stuff is in space. And the Hulk is now interacting together. So it's all one thing. And yeah. so that makes sense that the government... Uh, and if there's anything in the world, is if the entire world just had half their population destroyed by some alien guy that they had no defense or knowledge of, and then he, the, him and his a, a, alien army came down and attacked the world. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that the entire world would be a solid. Yep, we need a we need a a, a, a sword, right? It just mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, sure. Going forward with that, uh, it's only going to get more because Captain Marvel two, which is a space centered Marvel movie, is going to come out. Yeah, uh, the secret of uh, it's called Secret Wars, which is with the Scrolls and Nick Fury. That's another movie that's come out. That's all space. Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 3, space. Um, and then you have The Eternals, which is going to be one of the biggest Marvel movie set, set pieces coming up. And that's all space. So Yeah, there's a little there's a little bit of foreshadowing to that in uh Spider-Man. I think I, I think wanna, I think I don't want to spoil now that, that I movie think about it. Yet, but. Besides Spider-Man, which is MCU, but it's Sony, I can't think of a whole lot of like Earth-centric movies that they even have. Like there's no more Captain America. There's no more Iron Man. Thor is space, right? They and, and mm-hmm. Wanda and Vision are on Netflix, and so is Captain America and Winter and the Winter Soldier. Netflix. So Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Sorry, yeah, Disney Plus. So yeah, maybe like the future of Marvel is space, and Sword is the new Shield, right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, that, that that's that's I know it's a long way to say, but that's that's important to to know. I think it's the next step in our in our Marvel watching thing, and it happens here in Wandavision. Uh, the last well, thing, they're still they're go gonna. Ahead. I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're gonna do something with Wakanda. Oh right, like, you're right, were, right. Something with they Wakanda. Were a big deal. They were in, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and we have no um, idea now that uh, unfortunately Chadwick Boseman is is passed. We we don't right, even know what's right. going to happen. So. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, and then let's see what was the last one. Um, oh, I can't think of it at the top of my head. But there, there, you know, that the, the um, fact that Wanda is 
you know, clearly doing this happy, wish she had a future with Vision. She wants a family. Yeah. They, they wanted it's to be married. Very, I mean, I mean, that's the, it's, it's part of what makes the, everything about these decisions kind of brilliant is like, uh-huh. if there was ever a time in, you know, it's comic books, like everybody reads comic books and they're more diverse and more, re- uh, you know, representative or representative. What's the word I'm looking for for that? I don't know. I'll stick with diverse. Okay. Um, there's still predominantly, you know, uh, middle-class American, right? Like if there was ever um, a time that most um, uh, uh, sim- symbolizes or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Represents. My words. Represents. Maybe that's, maybe that's, or exemplifies that concept of like idyllic, but like icing on a rotten cake kind of like outwardly perfect um, life and existence. It's this storybook 50s black and white tv sure right right, the like they start out in separate beds right the twin beds Mm -hmm. i cracked up at that right um just all of the like the perfect meal the stuff um i forget the actress's name but she plays uh jen barkley in parks so she's She's so good so good she's the neighbor right she has some real good snark snarky lines like it's all it's all tongue-in-cheek winky it's like the some of the stuff they do early on in Mad Men, but not as, not quite as cynical and more, mm-hmm. you know, just played for laughs because it's this sitcom. So it's sort of making fun of the real culture at the time, but mostly, mostly making fun of the, of the TV. Um, you know, Sarah laughed and I did too the first time I saw it when they do the commercial. And oh, the like, commercials are great. Yeah. Is, is your husband tired of you burning his toast? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, that's good. I see. What did did doing. you see the like Hydra watch or something that they were selling in the mm-hmm, middle of that? Mm-hmm. That was pretty the great. Strucker, 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 Strucker watch. Oh, they I, do the whole, they do the whole magic show and they do a thing that I think of as more new, uh, uh, TV comedy, but like there's a, an overweight lady in the mom circle. And like when, Wanda keeps covering for Vision being quote unquote drunk and doing mm-hmm. real magic power stuff by you know putting ropes and and then there's like literal smoke and mirrors and the yeah, one right. mom is like is that how mirrors work? Is that how mirrors work? <laughs> like, that was good. That was so good. I forget her name, but the the right the the mean girl mom shuts her up. That that, that reminds me that the character you had mentioned. Uh, um, again, from Parks and Rec, I can't think of her name, but the neighbor. She, she, the neighbor, uh, she, that the, the, her and another character are very, very important. So, um, that's the second part I was going to say about Marvel's future or this story's future that helps lead into the leak here. Uh, okay. the character that's the neighbor has long been rumored. Her name is Agnes. Okay. Her, mm. the character's name is, um, okay. Uh, and she has long been rumored to be the the actress has been rumored to play a character called Agatha Harkness in the comic books. So Agnes okay. kind of feed, feeds into that. Um, sure. And Agatha Harkness was um, Scarlet Witch's mentor. Mm. Right. She was the one that taught her and taught her how to do all the mm-hmm. things that she does. So yeah. uh, the, 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 the thought is that obviously MCU will change. They change characters to be or what they need to be. But that she'll come in and she has a relationship with Wanda outside of this, 
and that she's in here to help her somehow, mm. right? And that's why she's this best friend character who's always there, always putting her in there, always kind of being part of that thing. So it feels oh. like the thought is that she's, she's intentionally she's, there. She's not part of the simulation. E- either that or she doesn't realize it and and um, Wanda has put her in there, right? Sure. Maybe she was her friend or something. Uh, the, the second part is like, okay, so Agnes and Agatha, why didn't you just call her Agatha Harkness if that's her name? Um, so another character that Marvel has been really open with, like an actress and who's going to be playing a part is uh, an actress who they said they're going to play. They're going to be bringing in a character called uh, Monica Rambeau. She was Captain Marvel. There was a little girl. Uh, Captain Marvel's best friend was an African-American lady and that she had a daughter named Monica Rambeau. Okay. Mm. And the little girl helped Captain Marvel pick out her outfit colors. Right. And, and, and they were like friends. and She was spunky. Uh, but that takes place in the 90s. Monica has grown up in the in the normal MCU age. She's a grown-up adult. And that uh, the African-American lady in WandaVision, the actress, was hired to play the adult Monica Rambeau in oh, right, the MCU. Right. But she's not called Monica in, in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So the thought is, is that she is Monica Rambeau. She's just, Wanda's changed everyone's names. And they're not who they are. Yeah, because I think something else. I feel like in the first episode she calls the neighbor Diane. Perhaps um, there is a character that rewatching the first episode I remembered from the second episode. There's a guy who's getting fired in the first episode and with the parents in the mm-hmm. second one, and maybe it's maybe it's nothing. It's just me seeing, but there's a guy with a mustache. Yep, like, that's the guy. Yeah, he was with the, he was with the dads at the library, right? Yeah. Um and I don't know if he is somebody or just, you know, part of the cast that he perhaps right. Down. There's a lot of these little cool little things that we don't know yet, but Marvel right. does their things they're like, "Hey, yeah, they're going to be somebody someday, something they have something," <laughs> right? Which is very interesting and cool and does the thing you and I have talked about for a long time that Star Wars isn't done is like you've they've got clearly got big plans and ideas for the whole breadth of the world. Right? Yeah. Not just this one thing, but it also, at the same time, like Marvel does wonderfully, this one little show is great, right? Just yeah. the show itself is good and fun and entertaining without the big picture, Yeah, but the big picture so, is fantastic. So so out of spoilers, if you haven't seen WandaVision and yeah. you have access to Disney Plus or somebody else's Disney Plus, I don't know. Uh, and, you know, if you watch Marvel movies, you probably already know about it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, check it out. It's pretty good so far. Do you do you last thought on this one? I, I, I get a little bit more side concerned that that it gets wrapped up in um, Marvel movies, get wrapped up in their own uh, mythos too much. Um, so I know a couple people, Shelly being one of them, who's not watched any Marvel movies. Right. Mm. Uh, not that they didn't like them or anything. They just weren't comic book people. And they're like, I yeah, hear about yeah. it. I'd like to get on. Maybe. Sure. Uh would you say WandaVision is something somebody could just watch? I don't know. Like, I didn't try to show it to my mom. Yeah. Right? Who has not seen any of the movies. Yeah. Um, if if Dad had not been out of town, I would have, you know, watched... He would have watched it with us. But he, mm-hmm. you know, watches sci-fi and fantasy. I've mentioned before that Mom doesn't like any kind of magic or not yeah. real... Things, things dragons right. or space or yeah not that space isn't real but like you know spaceships not her and teleporters thing yeah. and stuff yeah um 
but I don't know. I mean, I think I think if you tried to show WandaVision to somebody apropos of nothing, like if they've never seen the MCU films, they're just going to be confused. Yeah, I mean, they don't know Wanda at all, right? Or yeah, Wanda what's the or deal Vision, with Vision looking or, like weird, like a robot sometimes, but not. And yeah, what's going on with with any of that? Um, yeah, so I they, don't. They don't really like. Put I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe once they've done the whole season, it might be something that could stand on its own as a cohesive as it starts to answer those questions. But um, and I, I, I think so you far, could watch. I think. I think you could watch like all the Thor movies and not have to watch any other movie, right? Or you could watch um, maybe the three yeah, Iron Man movies and not have to watch that's anything. The, that's that thing we said for a long time. I think outside of their own series, series is uh, most of the MCU movies could stand alone. Yeah. Right. Like you'd kind of need, I mean, I think I saw Iron Man and then probably jumped in somewhere around the Avengers. Sure. Um, I don't think I had seen, uh, the first cat movie or the first two Thor movies. Yeah. And, and wh- while you wouldn't want to watch made. infinity war Endgame by themselves, right. Uh, Until the you get you to the very end, like there's so much current story in infinity war and Endgame, Like you, you need to already know those characters. Right. So, so the, the question, the, the wonder that some people might have is that, um, now that we had those last two movies that are so tied into everything, I mean, to some extent, so was uh, Depp. Well, actually, to some extent, a lot of extent, so was Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yes, it had its mm-hmm. own like Mysterio thing, but it was fully tied into Tony Stark's death and Tony Stark and yeah, what happened in Endgame. And it, um, so you really can't watch Spider-Man too much without knowing that stuff. It seems like maybe they've moved beyond that, like sort of episodic style of movie that that yeah. stands on its own and are realizing that? that are you okay with that i mean in some ways i don't love it um because it it you know it has the potential to add homework for the viewer yeah, you know how i feel sure. about homework yeah uh entertainment homework yeah um but at the same time like if your movies are all standalone you end up doing origin stories over and over which that's is very true. Very it true. gets kind of boring after a while. Yeah, and, and, and you, have to, you have to constantly bring in new characters for new origins. Yeah, stories. and then every time you're 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 bringing in some new villain, dealing with them, and then they're done, and the the villains always end up super forgettable unless they're Loki or right. Thor, which uh, he's Thor, getting his Thanos his own movie. Right, right. Not, um, not Thanos, but Loki. Uh, yeah, um, and so yeah, Thanos had his own movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> He was good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, part of me, you know, looks at it and says, you know, the people who are watching these are watching all of them. So why, why not? And they're, they're uh, making you know, a billion dollars off that. They, right? They've brought in all the people they're going to bring in. And, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know if somebody was just getting into the franchise now, you know, it would be like these TV show things we do where you're like cherry pick which episodes to see. I think if you were really patient you could probably start with infinity war and endgame that would be a real challenge yeah um but you know there are probably like six or seven movies that you need to see yeah to get all those characters i don't think you need all of them like you get you get who cap and thor are in avengers 
Yeah. Right. It's not as much, right? You don't get the full depth of who Cap is, but yeah. Cap yeah. is not from at the beginning, Cap is not a complicated character. You're like, yeah, oh, right. he's yeah. he's Cap a World America. War Two hero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Good. He's man out of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all in in the States anyway know what the stereotype of a World War Two hero soldier is. Right. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I would not have to wrap this up. I I would not have uh, th- thought I would be saying what I'm about ready to utter. But at <laughs> some point, Marvel has to re- not reboot but reset. I think that I I as a you know lifelong comic book fan have been like a giddy schoolboy for the last ten years, and only want to have the next fifty years the same way. But realistically, kids are born. And they become teenagers, and they're they're the ones that need to 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 grow into watching comic book movies. And you can't ask them to watch twenty five years or ten years even of movies to to start watching them. So, Mike, every every day a child is born who doesn't <laughs> know that all words are made up. Exactly, every day it's it's they have to learn it all from the beginning, right? All the words. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe you know, it's a good time. Or Marvel should maybe I don't know. I, I'm never going to tell them what they think. What they're doing better than me. But <laughs> at, at some point, you know, it, I would not be surprised if they're like, let's start off with all new Avengers and all new things, and let's and, let's start and who again. knows by the, by the time we get done with this WandaVision show, it might be the kind of thing where if yeah. you if you come in fresh and you're as lost and confused as you know they are, it'll fill in the blanks for you, and yeah. you could. You could jump. You could jump in here, and, yeah, and move maybe. forward into Phase Four without having seen any of it. Yeah, th- this maybe. is two two episodes into Phase Four, right? And and I will say, <laughs> yeah. as a conclusion, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for to sure. go for for a new Marvel thing. What do we get? We're gonna get Winter Soldier in March. We're uh, sorry, that's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, and we're gonna, which is weird because it's Captain America, uh, and we're gonna get uh, Black Widow happening soon. Right, so mm-hmm, you know, we got, mm-hmm. we got Loki's. We saw stuff for Loki, uh, and Eternals were shot. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna it'll be fun. I think Black Widow will be I the only go, one that doesn't link. But. Maybe next week, before next week, I'll go on YouTube and find all those trailers for the things that they. Oh yeah, because I haven't to, seen to any of, of those, stuff. those things. So yeah, it, it's cool. Wait, we're back into some Marvel stuff, and 2021 is correcting all the mistakes of 2020. Right, it's all a new world, right? <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully, be, be happy about it. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. I think All we did right. it. We got it. We did it. You've been listening to the Front Porch. It's episode 178. Thanks as always to our friends at Geeks Hollows Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you have comments or feedback, uh, tell us your, I don't know, favorite Marvel movies or anything that you think we should watch and review for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can let us know via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com, all one word. Or go over to our website, that is frontporchpodcast.com. Use the contact forms there. There are comment boxes on every episode. Uh, also, show notes. I'll link those products that I mentioned earlier. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on all the places. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. With Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.